People are cheering. Yay. <laughs> okay. Well, we have been for several re- several weeks here on Tuesday night been talking about the pitfalls of having uh, your well-being dependent on the outcome of things. How dependent on whether it's the outcome of a debate, the outcome of the Giants game, and tonight the outcome of the election. Even though we all, by our just by our humanness, have preferences and would like certain outcomes, the habit of mind, the tendency of mind to associate our well-being with how things turn out, actually gives rise to a feeling of distress. It narrows our attention makes us tight, holds us hostage, and makes us believe, at least temporarily, that whatever that outcome is will make us, uh, is the secret to our happiness, will make us happier than we are. And as one of my favorite teachers once put it, nothing, and this is a very, it's a deep teaching, relatively speaking, it, there, there may be things that, that do give, help you feel happier, things that you do for yourself, things that you do for others, all kinds of ways that, that give us more pleasure, more this, more that. But in the deepest sense of what, uh, the deepest sense of what it means to be happy, uh, the Buddha called the highest happiness peace. For that deepest kind of happiness, the happiness of the unconditioned, the happiness that is, uh, that is free of the need for anything to happen, for that kind of happiness, nothing can make you happier than you are. Because what that is that you're looking for is already what you are in truth. What you are in truth is what you are, yeah, what you are is peace. As I said before, when we, when we have our mind in the same location as our body, when we're actually here, we touch into when we're simply present, we, if we were to tune in to the, 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 what I like to call the, the mind that knows, tune in to the, the pure knowing, the, the, just aware of being aware, you would recognize that that quality of awareness is, has a few, it has a few different qualities. One, it's vacuous, like the sky. It has no limits, no height, no depth, no color, no shape. And it has, uh, it is, um, it is, uh, it has within it the, the sense of so this openness and spaciousness. It has the the quality of cognizance of knowing. It just it we just naturally know. It also has this unlimited quality. What's called un unconfined capacity. It has this vastness to it. It has. Uh, it's completely open, your own mind. And another quality is it's dead silent. Now, what moves within that openness of your own mind is lots of noise, lots of feelings, lots of sensations, lots of sounds, lots of, the whole, as Zorba put it in Zorba the Greek, the whole catastrophe, the joys and the sorrows, everything is inseparable from that nature of mind, but the, the deepest nature of the mind is peace, and that's you. 
And as Hakuin Zen Master says, oh, how sad that people ignore the near. What's so close to us, this silence, and search for truth afar, like someone, uh, someone of a, of, who's of great, who has this deep wealth, but is wandering around like a beggar. This is how all of us are. And we are continually tricked again and again and again to associate finding peace with how things turn out. Some other time, some other place, some other person, some other thing. And it, that mistaken, that case of mistaken locus of well-being, mis, misplacing, having misplaced faith in how things turn out keeps us on a wheel of, of distress. And, of course, your candidate may have won the election tonight, and you will feel this great sense of relief. But the relief isn't always... This relief isn't always because that person won. The relief is often because we no longer are hostage to how it turns out. We're no longer in that state of anticipation, of waiting, of worrying. Remember what Hafiz said. He says, now that all your worry has proved to be such an unlucrative business, time to try to, it's time to find a better job. It's unlucrative to be in a state of worry. Yet we're innocently conditioned to be in a state of worry a lot of the time, a lot of our, our life, a lot of our moments. And in that, in all of those mind moments of worry or of anticipation, of, of dependency and how things turn out, we over, overlook this, um, this jewel this open secret within our hearts, which is so much peace and quiet. Because we are in that habit of narrowing our focus, narrowing our, our, um, uh, narrowing our focus and making our happiness so conditioned, so conditional, meditation practice helps us to uh, to come out of that narrow vortex, that narrow world, that w- that gerbil wheel of dissatisfaction, moment by moment, it helps us come out of that wheel and widen our widen our being again. And we do a practice; we use the conditions of practice to remind us of what's unconditioned. So it's paradoxical in a way. You could say, well, there's no condition for peace, for vacuousness, for spaciousness. But it seems only those who incline their attention that way, who practice mindful attention, that practice spaciousness, that practice giving room, it seems that only those who do that tend to discover it. So that's the funny thing. It's... It's unconditioned. Everybody has it, but only those who look for it seem to find it. So the fact that you come here on Tuesday night, and especially on election night, of all the times of where our, our, the mind would be have a tendency to think, I have to, 
I have to be glued to the tube in order to be happy. Uh, you've, you're already demonstrating that your well-being is, uh, is not based in time. It's not based in how things turn out. It's, you're not postponing finding peace. You're, you're actualizing peace. You're expressing peace. You're expressing love. You're expressing wisdom by just stopping and being here. At least that's how it appears to me. So I don't, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, so it's uh, nothing new, but I'm really appreciative that, that you all, to, whether you, yeah, you all know the open secret, that the, that the art of meditation, the art of living is the art of, of making space. It's not the art of getting somewhere. It's the art of opening to the natural spaciousness, spaciousness of our own heart and mind. As one of uh, a person I've been working with for many years says, what I do now when I sit, I 360 it. 360 degree panoramic awareness. And I just let it all in. I take it all in. That's really, that's really what we can do when we stop. We just, we stop fighting with reality. We stop we come out of that tangle of clinging and, and dependency and we unfurl our minds. We go into 360 mode, take it all in. And we let our, we let, we let our mind open. We, first, it starts with, while we're, our eyes are open, we're all together here, we can start with just opening to the space of the room. Look at, just sense the space in the room. We use our visual right now but you can see the space in the room is completely empty the space part it's empty space is empty it's immovable the space is immovable all the little all the the pillars could easily break down and the this wood is i'm sure there's it's pretty solid church relatively speaking i'm not trying to scare you but the space itself not the building, but the space in this room. We're often fixated on the things in the room, the people and the this. But the space in the room is immovable. It's empty. And this is exactly like your mind. True groundedness, true stability is knowing the spaciousness of mind. And letting go into that openness. If you mingle your mind, your heart, with the space of this room, you just let yourself be open in that same way as the space in this room. It's really hard to suffer when you're just open. When we suffer is when we grab, when we get caught in attachment to outcomes, attachment to views and opinions. Boy, if I've been... Practicing with views and opinions. Railing against the, the sinister nature of voter suppression drives me nuts. But I notice this, my mind goes into tension mode. And then once it goes into tension mode, is I can't really, I can't be happy until... They stop the voter suppression. 
Good luck. Attachment to views and opinions, attachment, this is what the, the Buddha's list was, attachment to the, how things turn out, pleasure, the election, sense pleasures. Attachment to views and opinions, attachment to rites and rituals, how, people, how everything's supposed to be, and then attachment to the idea of who I am. That's the, that's the deepest one. Attachment to me, my, and mine. And that encompasses all those things. My candidate, my view, my practice, my everything. This is the source of, this is the source of what the Buddha called dukkha or distress. The mental reactivity that turns uh, the essential, the basic The the uh, the basic con- the basic conditions of of difficulty turns them into suffering, turns us t- turns our mind into into tension. All of this, all of this mental suffering, is relieved in a moment of openness. Not all the whole life of your suffering, but in that moment, there's relief. It is, as, as one teacher put it, a split second, a half breath away. Openness, freedom, relief, release. That unconditional... Why is it so easy? Because it's your nature. Why is it so close? It's your nature. Why is it so wonderful? Because it's your nature. It's amazing. Freedom is our nature. And we just have to not forget it. Not forget this jewel. Rumi's poem that I've shared so many times here, where he says, Why do you stay in prison when the door is so wide open? Come out of the tangle of fear thinking. And fear is always based on that dependency on how things turn out. It's never about what's actually happening, except for when there is, when there is true danger, immediate danger. But our, the mind of fear has so much to do with, uh, with what's next, most of our fear. It says, come out of the tangle of fear thinking. Live in silence. And how long does that take to live in silence? A moment. Live in silence. Flow down and down. Just stop. Flow down and down in ever-widening rings of being. 360 it. So, so every single one of us, don't, we don't have to wait till the results to 360 it. To be happy, to be free, to be whole. We don't, it's, it's already your natural state. So don't put any conditions on it. There are no conditions for happiness. Nothing can make you happier than you are, as I started this evening. The rest of that quote is, all search for happiness is misery and leads to more misery, that the only happiness worth that name is the natural happiness of being present, conscious being of 360 being letting the, our 
our mind find its natural spaciousness. Notice what happens to your body when you mingle with the space in this room. What happens to your mind? When you let your mind be even beyond this room, as wide as a clear, empty sky without limits, or a a vast ocean. The metaphor of the sky doesn't work for you. (laughs) Room for everything. Now, feel as though your body floats or is just resting in that vastness of your own mind. And your mood, all your fears, all your anxieties, all everything that happened to you today, let that be there as well. All the things you've been thinking about, the projects are unfinished, all your unfinished business, let that have enough room too. Make space for everything. Remember that art of meditation is the art of making space. I think that was a guy named Leonard Jacobson, if I'm not mistaken, said that. And notice, we didn't get rid of anything. You didn't have to delete your mind. You didn't have to solve all your problems. Didn't have to find the love of your life. Didn't have to maximize your 401k or whatever. 401, is that what and you were free. No, condi- no conditions for happiness. Now, it may not seem like every moment that you practice mindful attention or that you, that you just know what you're doing when you're doing it. it doesn't, it's not always obvious that that, that that simple moment is a moment of of non-suffering, that moment is actually opening up, opening up that mysterious world of, of openness. But in fact, it's true. Because in every moment of mindful attention, the mind is not grabbing, it's not pushing away. And it's not lost in me, it's not lost in my, it's not lost in mine. It's just knowing. It's just awake, just aware. A friend of mine, I'll tell you the whole story of how this came to me. It was a, it's a uh, passage. He said, I just heard this passage, this friend of mine. He said, it's my friend Hanuman, who I've spoken about on Tuesday nights before, he said, I, I'm, I'm going to go over and get this book and I want to read this quote to you. He says, the heart of the matter cannot be embraced. The Buddha stood, oh, the Buddha stood with arms outstretched, letting go, not even. So even to say letting go is too much. Grasp this emptiness and the very essence 
is realized. I'll read it once more. The heart of the matter cannot be embraced. The Buddha stood with arms outstretched, letting go, not even. Grasp this emptiness, and the very essence is realized. And I said to him, well, who, who wrote that? And he said, H.G. Shaolin, in the book, The Meaning of Space, said, I'd never heard of H.G. Shaolin, The Meaning of Space. And then he let me ride for about 10 minutes, and he said, Hanuman Golden. <laughs> there is no such thing, no such person as H.G. Shaolin. This is my friend Hanuman's little passage. He, but it's, it's quite profound, actually. He said, the heart of the matter can't be embraced. There's nothing to hold on to in what I'm saying. The Buddha stood with arms outstretched, letting go. So at the heart of the Buddha's teaching is non-clinging, non-grasping. And that non-grasping is equivalent to a moment of, of mindful attention. So letting go, he said, not even. You don't, there's no one who lets go. There's no, letting go is just the function of being aware. Can't hold on and be aware at the same moment. Grasp this emptiness and the very essence is realized. Grasp this emptiness. Emptiness cannot be grasped. So nowhere to hold, no ground. Nothing to do or to undo. Just be aware. And don't think about it. (laughs) And if you think about it, notice that you're thinking about it. Just be empty. This is what I think. I don't think I I don't have, I can't really look through this, but I was thinking of the Zen master Dogen, where he said to uh, the study of the Buddha Dharma is the study of the self. That's what we call ourselves. But the study of the self is to, to study the self is to forget the self. And to forget the self is to be awakened by all things, to let everything, everything that it can be known be the be our path, be the cause of our our freedom. Use use everything. But how can we use everything if we're asleep? If we're in a if we're lost in thought, lost in the imagined past or the imagined future. The only way for our life to be our path is if we're actually clearing the path. How do we clear the path? One moment at a time. Just be mindful. A path is simply a place where we're free. It's not just something that goes somewhere. It's a place that we're free to move. So you are the path. Mindfulness is the path. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say tonight. May the best person win.
Any comments? I wanted to check in with how everyone's doing. Please, Marissa. No, not an idea of space. If you say so spacious like this, it makes it seem like a big thing. It's just it doesn't have to. Uh, it doesn't have necessarily have a location. It's just, oh, you're going to get overstimulated. Yeah, that idea is enough to scare you. So the fear and the thought of what will happen is probably what's most disturbing. The actual sense of having your... Just for a moment, pretend you have no head. Because we don't actually feel our head. We've never seen it either except a picture in a mirror. So what we see... we're, We're always without any head, really. We're just awareness. And we're looking at... And that awareness is filling with all kinds of things. So at all times, we really are as wide as the room, but we only have this picture in our mind that we're face-to-face, that you and I are face-to-face, but we don't ever experience being face-to-face. We experience awareness, and and then there's a face filling it up. So just take your head off. Did you see? (laughs) That's good. If you do that, that you probably won't feel so overwhelmed. You'll just feel really grounded. You'll feel really steady. But really open at the same time. Please, Lisa. A mundane example from Lisa. She, you were, she was asked to speak, and then people were not listening. Try harder. Yes. The first instinct was to try to try harder to be heard. That's right. That's pausing, the sacred pause. What's going on here? That's the that is exactly opening. Great. Beautiful. Yes. All kinds of ways of making space. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks for putting out your fear. It's not an uncommon fear of, of spaciousness, but it, it's the fear. The, the fear is really the idea of it, not so much the experience of it. Madison. Um, 
Uh-huh. Not- having a lot of compassion and noticing people's yearning for things to work out a certain way. That's been a, a reminder to you, did you say? Oh, it's been more interesting to focus on that. The goodness of their best intentions. That's so lovely. Thank you. Love hearing that. And, yeah, even the politicians we disagree with, sometimes they are driven by that same yearning. May not understand the, the, that the methodology matters, but nevertheless. So any other comments about... Your practice, the election, anything that you need. What about the giants? <laughs> Did they win after last Tuesday? No. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, we didn't talk about it. Yay, giants. Yes, thank you. It's a very serious night, isn't it? Last comment, please. How not to believe our own story. I think it's really about getting to know it as a story. Just having enough space to be able to acknowledge this is the mind telling a story. So that requires more space. It requires more moments of, it, of clearly comprehending what's happening in your mind. So there's a difference between being lost in the story that's going through your mind and noticing that it's a story. And it, and it, takes, some, it takes some practice to noticing. Oh, 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 I did a, a method once of, of taking that story and, and really playing it out, playing out the worst. I always like to play out the worst case scenario and just keep following, keep following the story until you realize that no matter how the story turns out, you're still here or you're dead. <laughs> What's that? And you might still be here. That's right. So often we don't complete the story and live in a kind of vague fear of what will happen. And sometimes it's useful to play it out or simply notice it as story. And notice the engine that's driving it, the underlying feeling that's driving it. That's often a very useful thing to do. Story is just secondhand. The underlying engine is fear or, or unworthiness or whatever that might be. So then it's a, there's an opportunity if you feel that underlying emotion to embrace, embrace it with compassion. The story then becomes less relevant. I think we'll call it a night. I so appreciate everybody being here and letting me spin a little and so let's just uh, 
sit quietly. Sit quietly for one moment and and share the blessings of our lives and our practice with uh, all those who are near and dear to us and as we think about them, all those who we have no idea, who we don't know, all beings in this world who are suffering, those who are causing suffering, those beings in happy circumstances, those who are in unhappy circumstances. Let the blessings of our life and our practice touch the hearts of all beings without exception. All the yearning, all the, the desire for things to work out well, that, that shared desire to be happy that drives all of us. And let the blessings of our practice uh, be shared with a deep wish that all beings can find happiness and the causes of happiness, that all beings can be free of suffering and the causes of suffering, that all beings can recognize the, the natural happiness of conscious being, and that all beings can at least grow in serenity and equanimity, able to meet the joys and the sorrows that confront everyone's life uh, with more balance, with more spaciousness. Uh, things, people, situations, near and afar. May our practice today and every day be dedicated to the welfare and benefit, benefit of all. May all beings be free and share their freedom and love. Thank you. Got a couple announcements. Uh, next Tuesday evening is our monthly happiness hour where Sangha friends can bring their own food, share time talking, eating with each other before the meditation. We meet here at 6.30 p.m. and end around 7.15 before the sitting. So please come to the happiness three-quarters of an hour. <laughs> and also I'd like to uh, give the first announcement that... Uh, I am offering a half-day uh, meditation retreat here in the city at the Mindful Care Center on 42 Goff Street, that's just south of Market, on December 15th. December 15th, I'll be doing a half-day sitting here in the city, and we've been. This is the third one that we've done as a community mostly for Mission Dharma, and this will be marking the last day of our 100-day retreat. I realize that I've been a little bit neglectful at tracking how you've been doing. Hopefully, all of you have been sitting for 100 days straight, up to that point anyway. So we'll be doing a half-day retreat. But just as a warm-up, I would like to invite you all to come to Spirit Rock the Saturday before, where I'll be doing a day-long retreat, a whole day. It's an introductory to... Insight Meditation Day for new or older students, so a day to be at Spirit Rock on that beautiful land and sit together and talk a little Dharma and all that. So that's the the 8th is the day long at Spirit Rock, the 15th is the half day here in the city. And as usual, a reminder that we, that we are here, um, we are here because the generosity of you who help support the room rental every week. It's 150 a week, and uh, and support me. I'm supported by your generosity. Uh, if you happen to put money in the basket 
for what we call Teacher Donna. So that um, much appreciation for Room Rental Donna, Teacher Donna, and just a reminder that we do have this wonderful program now called An Evening at Mission Dharma, where if you offer Donna for the to cover the whole evening, $150, you can. we have a plaque and we will put your name on it or the name of someone who you would like to honor or anonymously, and that's a way of supporting our sangha and being able to continue sitting here. But any check written to the church here, the St. John the Evangelist Episcopal Church with Mission Dharma on the memo line can be tax deductible, any cash in the basket. We have to cover the rent one way or the other. And much appreciation for that and much appreciation for any uh, teacher Donna as well. So thank you and, and hope you enjoy this election night. Thanks.